Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. Tell you, man, you leading the league in hydration. I got a dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome down to the helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. We got Katie Flower here. I am Chad Parsons, official show of uthdynasty.com. Heading into week eight here, we got some big boy trades to discuss, uh, some moves potentially to make. Now is the time as we head towards the last month of a lot of dynasty trade deadlines. We've got Brees Hall's injury, James Robinson on the move, Tom Brady, Matt Bryan. So much news to discuss. Sometimes it's light. Sometimes it's a lot of more of the same. Not this week, Katie, as we go into the, the new reality, as I like to say. And Brees Hall is a player that I have seen traded so much today. So the fact that people are moving on this, Brees Hall was on his way to challenging for the top you know, one, two, three of the dynasty positioning at running back. Now you have him going from early year one phenom to on a, on a Jets offense fueling running back production. It was the perfect storm for Brees Hall. And now you get it just chopped and lopped off midseason here with a season-ending knee injury. We'll see how complicated it is because he could be ready for training camp and the preseason if it's a straightforward ACL. But as we've seen with Dobbins and others, complications mean could definitely go in and linger through the season. And who knows what next year looks like in terms of uh, how healthy is he grade. So we've got the Jets saying, oh, let's go bring in James Robinson. We don't really trust Michael Carter in that number one workhorse role. But Brees Hall is a guy traded a lot in Dynasty because now, like Javante Williams, it makes perfect sense to make a contending versus non-contending pushing chips towards now or pushing production towards later type moves between the two parts of the standings. Absolutely. I would not try to dilute Brees Hall very much if I were uh, somebody that needs feels like I need to trade him away. I don't want to get like five pieces for him, but I did make a trade. I, I only have him in dynasty. I think in the one place, but I've got him in redraft, which unfortunately that stinks, but he was at least a bargain. Didn't have to pay first round prices for him. But anyway, it was a 14 team league. It's a superplex. I own a few firsts for next year. They initially were snipping around the first that would have been potentially the one Oh one and I was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Not in a 14-team Superflex when you've got C.J. Stroud and Bijan Robinson that could potentially very easily be the 101 in next year's draft class. But I did talk him into uh, – I'm somebody that right now is playoff bound, so I'm in contention. I traded Brees Hall for Josh Jacobs and what looks to be early-ish second – and I figured anything on top of Jacobs would be basically gravy. You're picking up uh, a player that's three years older, but he's studying out right now in, a, in an offense that's utilizing him to the max. I don't, I don't know that I expect 30-point games for the next eight weeks of the season, but you know he's strung three of them together, which in and of itself is pretty amazing. Um, but I just figure that was a pretty good pivot if – a contending team, I would be looking to try to 
trade Brees Hall to somebody that's potentially out of the playoffs that may have that kind in return. But again, I wouldn't try to dilute the package if you're if you're uh, trying to get something. Don't go with like two oh, or shift three away pieces. down. Yeah, because yeah, and and it's got to be where, one big piece and then a little, a right. Little. And the good news is he's being traded for a lot of the strong running backs. I, I think it blends really well. He's 21 years old. He showed what he can do for half a season. And now, even if he lingers and it becomes a mid-season arrival date for next year, two-way player, strong pedigree, and again, off to that elite kind of phenom start, lends itself to saying, you know, he's going to be 22 when he comes back. You know, and that so that's a lot of appeal on the selling end as well as the buying end. And Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's turning out to be one of the better UTH calls or just saying this profile, don't ignore it when it drops into the running back 20s this year. And then everyone freaks out with the fifth year not being picked up by the Raiders. We kind of talked about it for a second before the show that, I mean, it made a lot of sense. It, it, it was only downside really for the Raiders to pick that up and lock that in a year in advance with running backs. The fact that they, maybe they didn't view Jacobs as having this type of ceiling. You know, and now he's playing for a contract in a true sense of the word. He's not under restrictions for next year. A guy that he's been between running back like eight and 15 for three straight years, good, but not elite. And now he's showing elite. And I think from your angle, you're getting a guy, you're making a dynasty trade because he's 24. He's going to be, whether it's with the Raiders or not, he's going to be a starter next year. And he's playing his way towards more money, more contract allegiance, probably looking at, at minimum, it would be two years locked in, even if it's a four-year deal. We know how these work. But it would be like a minimum two-year allegiance, maybe even a three, three-year three allegiance, considering his age and pedigree, and especially if he's coming off a top five type season. So I think he probably stays in the with the Raiders in some form or fashion if this continues. And we've also, I was going to say, one good thing for you is Jacobs has been a player that has played through some lingering injuries. Like we've seen big games from him when he's had a little tweak of his ankle, and it's like, eh, is he going to play? And he sees a full workload. And he's running hard. Yeah. He gets goal line. He's on a strong offense, and the Raiders still really haven't hit their stride offensively. I don't think so. And he's I, already had his bye week. <laughs> which oh, is- there you go. Yeah, you get a boost of one game there. Um, and so the I think the interesting thing is when I was resculpting rankings, and you know Kenneth Walker with what he's doing, the success track he's on early on. Uh, Brees Hall still being there, but I think tier two, if you will, and I know it varies for everybody, but for me, it includes guys like Swift and Hall and McCaffrey, ETN now, Josh Jacobs, Walker. I think if you move within that sort of scope, then who knows what people are going to add to which side. And you could say all that is relatively close. And I wouldn't argue with you with any of them. But I think if you add age with guys like Mixon, and I know Austin Eckler's a monster, but that's a lot of years. I do think he's going to age gracefully. So those to me are bigger move downs. And I still think if you try to go to Taylor or if you go to Barkley, the plus, depending on the person, might be more than that first group I named. So Jacobs feels, Jacobs, or I've seen some ETNs, we'll go over a few trades here, McCaffrey even, it feels like you can go lateral-ish depending on team direction. What do you think? No, I agree. And I do think that the correct pivot would be to try to stay in that running back family. Uh, I think people tend to give you the better value if you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of these trades, let's rip through them. I got seven or eight of them from today. So again, these are like like a muffin right out of the oven. Scalding hot. Don't eat it yet. Uh, it's ready to It's ready to go. Brees Hall for Christian McCaffrey. And this is probably the biggest return, by the way. Brees Hall for Christian McCaffrey and Devonta Smith. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's an actual startable wide receiver with, with young pedigree. And But here's the thing. McCaffrey's 26, and we still have some unknown on how much are they going to spread things around with the 49ers? I mean, let's not pretend like they're going to give him 25 touches a game with all the talent they have. So... Yeah, there were question marks on both sides. So absolutely, there's. So you are getting you are getting five years older at running back specifically. McCaffrey, though, he has the potential, obviously, to change your season. But at 27, he could outscore Brees Hall. Heck, at 28, Christian McCaffrey, his profile could beat out Brees Hall. So I think you have a lot of outs that way, and and Smith definitely helps. Uh, The next one is Brees Hall and a couple of thirds for Saquon Barkley. So. Again, you might have to add a second. You might have to add some thirds. You might have to add a secondary player, but it probably is going to be a plus and Barkley owner is not going to do that straight up. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that for both teams. Yeah. Uh, Next one. And again, I think Hall versus ETN is going to be really razor close. This is Hall for ETN and a third. If that third's on the other side, I get it. What do you think about ETN of the assumption? Like I saw some football guys, staffers talking about it that, oh, I have him running back seven, you know, like the rest of the season at running back. And I know that takes out Brees Hall, you know, from the landscape, but he's been, I don't know. I want him to use like Camara, and he hasn't really scored touchdowns. Is he going to get a lot of goal line stuff? Do you have any concern and pause with if someone comes up and says, hey, I have Travis Etienne as running back three in Dynasty? Like, do you have a problem with that? Do you have a problem with just he's had two or three kind of mounting good games here? Are you really sure about the whole workhorse kind of profile? No, I'm not. Um, there's just something about ETN, and I'm not even sure what it is. He doesn't run big inside. Camara runs bigger inside. I know he's listed at 210. He looks like he's 200. When I watch him, he seems small. I love him. He's got great burst and explosion. I love him in the passing game. Get him in space. But I just don't want to ever really see him a lot as an interior runner. That's my yeah. thing. And, and, you know... I like him though. Round one pedigree. He's doing what he's doing basically in his rookie season because he was out last year. Yeah, and and I like him and I like all that, but he's already twenty three years old. Right. He's so, only a year younger than Jacobs, right? Right. So I'd rather you know pivot to the Jacobs who I trust more because he's done it right. longer than Etn has. Um, but again, there's just something about Etn, and I don't even know exactly what it is. Okay. That I, I just think, don't trust. I just don't know where he's putting that two ten. That's what I don't know because it's not it's not in the uh, posterior and the uh, the tree trunk legs that we typically <laughs> like to see, Katie, when we're scouting. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got Brees Hall for Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. So you get a couple running backs here. Najee Harris for sure. I'm actually surprised the plus isn't more with how much people have beaten down Najee Harris's stock. Yeah, I am surprised with that as well. And like this I'm, might be Najee Harris plus Devonta Smith. Like this is where the Devonta Smith plus kind of makes a little more sense. Yeah, I, w- I would either rather see a young wide receiver or uh, a better pick. And and yeah, um, like how Brian about Hall and a Hall and a second for Najee and a first? Like something like that feels a little more applicable. Yeah. Uh, then we have Hall for Jacob straight up. Uh, you said you you put uh, you got the pick back, right? Yeah, I got the deal. second back. Yeah. So again, somewhere in that second added to one of the sides, maybe even a third added, uh, but even straight up as as this one would be applicable. Now, this is the one I wanted to ask you about because we haven't talked about Kenneth Walker much. So this is Brees Hall and a second for Kenneth Walker. Ooh. See, I think the the second should be on the Kenneth Walker side. I like Kenneth so Walker, I. but I still think that he's a little below. Right. Like, I just I don't trust what I'm seeing. Depending on huge, big game-breaking touchdowns is not really a great recipe. 
Seattle's not throwing the ball to the running backs. Not that I don't think Walker is going to be the starter the rest of this year, next year, but as long as he stays healthy, just, just they, they are really anointing. Like this is what I mean by Etienne and Walker, the anointment of like, oh, I saw it for a month. I saw it like I always with dynasty trades, and I'll throw it in here. But ask yourself if the other guy that you're getting gets hurt, are you still going to like the deal? If they get hurt tomorrow, with the same thing, ACL gone, see you in 2023. Will you still like the deal? And I question a few of these. If ETN gets hurt and we go straight up into 2023, I think people would want the Hall side. What do you think? No, I agree. I and Walker, agree. same thing. So that's why when you say you took Jacobs, I'm sure you you know you think about angles like this and say, hey, who do I like under these circumstances? Knowing if you make a a, a win now or winner now deal, your you know an injury could happen the next game, and you have to be open and receptive to that and still make a dynasty trade. Exactly. Uh, final one here is Brees Hall and Matt Ryan for Austin Eckler and Kirk Cousins in Superflex. Oh, heck no. Give me the Brees Hall side 100. Really? Okay. So you're picking up Cousins. That's not enough in the age gap for Eckler? <sighs> giving up too much? Yeah. I, if, I you're, think if you're light, if so. Ryan was your QB too, I don't know. But mm. uh, but anyway. because uh, Eckler, I mean, I could see. Yeah. I wouldn't. Obviously, in two years, you're probably going to... If you're that thin, though, here's my thing. If you're yeah. that thin, that this this one trade is what's right. going to make it. Yeah. What happens if Cousins gets hurt? Or That's true. Then you're even thinner. Yep. Or or if Eckler gets hurt, and now he's 29. 20, 28, 28 when he gets back on the field. Right. Right. Okay. right. So this is a deal with the devil. This is the one where you say you're pushing your chips in, and if you do not win... The one outcome, which is title this year, right? That's you will the only probably regret it. Twenty-two-year-old right. Brees Hall versus twenty-eight-year-old running back, thirty what five-year-old Cousins. Okay. Yeah. All no, right. I... There you go. All right. So let's look at the other side of this deal. Um, James Robinson aggressively right away. The Jets go uh, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, uh, not so much. Let's go get James Robinson. James Robinson was widely uh, accessible over there from Jacksonville. So what do you think about James Robinson? Is he going to go from basically being a handcuff over there in Jacksonville, the way things were moving, to are we going to start him not with the confidence and upside maybe of Brees Hall, but are we going to start him confidently as the 1A and Carter stays where he is? Or do you think this is going to be maybe depth and Carter actually is the guy we're going to put in lineups a lot more? I would give it one week to find out before being confident about either. But I do think that James Robinson has shown that he can handle that uh, Michael Carter in spots. I mean, he did he did okay, but as far as I think what the Jets are trying to accomplish, Robinson gives them the, the better opportunity to do so. We'll see how quickly he acclimates to the new coaches, the new environment, the new offensive line. Uh, but running back is one of the easier positions to switch midseason and still be effective. So we'll Robinson's see. a veteran and he obviously he's been a three down guy. He's very, very familiar with blitz pickup and assignment football and all that, you know, and being a three down back. So obviously has that. I would remind folks too, the Jets have really featured the running back position in high leverage opportunities. They rank fourth on the season. Uh they're right there with the Colts, with the the Texans right up there near the top, getting a lot of goal line opportunities, a lot of targets. They were low. Their season low was in week seven. So I don't know if that was related to Brees Hall exiting uh, or if there was something game script wise, but generally they've been very good this year in terms of feeding running backs and making it easy to produce fantasy points. Brees Hall obviously did beyond that, 
But uh, we'll see if Carter and Robinson now can equally uh, you know, benefit there from the good situation they've produced. Um, and yeah, left in Jacksonville, uh, we've got Jermichael Hasty beyond uh, Travis Etienne, and we've got Snoop Connor, who we've seen both guys a little bit more hasty in the regular season. Saw Snoop Connor uh, there in the preseason, and both of them available on waiver wires. Katie, are you going to be yeah. interested a little bit this week in one or the other? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think Hasty is more the type like the James Robinson type. Um, Snoop Connor. It's been a minute since I've seen him, but if I remember, he's he's more of just like a plugger. He's more he like a Benny ball. Snell. Think of Benny Snell yeah, and maybe slightly go. more juice. He, he's yeah. one tick better over the first 10 yards. But yeah, he's a guy that's going to, he could soak up touches. Right. Um, and, and that would be his role. And both of them, again, available in a lot of dynasty leagues. And we, if they didn't make this trade, we'd be talking about Ty Johnson. So instead exactly. of Ty Johnson, who's exactly. still in the number three role, now it's Jacksonville we're switching over and there's potential for the rest of the season injury away here with one of those guys or maybe even both of those guys. Right. And I don't know that I would necessarily drop a different injury away guy to pick up either one of those injury away guys. Because we don't have clear, we don't really know what would happen. Would Hasty get a lot of the receiving work and you give Snoop Connor, you know, 12 carries that don't mean a whole lot between the 20s? And he needs a goal line, you know, look to post 10 points, you know, that may be what happens, you know, if they were to lose ETN, who knows? Right. So one of the questions that I ask myself as a dynasty owner is, would this XYZ running back be able to handle the entire load if the, the if ETN goes down? And I don't think either one of them could. I think it would yeah. still be a split. Maybe they bring somebody else in. Uh, we still got Kareem Hunt that's rumored to be wanted to be trade, or he doesn't necessarily want to be trade, but Cleveland wants to trade. And the rest of, so, the rest of this week for the, the deadline in November 1st. So we have still yeah. a few days to see how do things look without, you know, you know, without trades, you know, that are that are coming up and pending here. Right. Kareem Hunt and maybe even others on these teams that might be falling out of it or looking to get out of some contract money. So depending on who you would have to drop and how much money you think you'd have to drop, yeah. I wouldn't be like hyperactive. I would expect that Jamichael Hasty would cost two to three X the amount of Snoop Connor. That's I would imagine. guess to start the week. Snoop Connor, you might be able to get him for 1%. And I think Hasty will be a decent amount more from just, and I, usually I find out, you know, Wednesday morning, you get some early waiver runs. And if you want to, you can adjust uh, some of your other later in the day types of leagues. But what you said is key, which is the clarity aspect. I've got that over on the uh, running back matrix at UTH that, you know, the, the who, do you actually have clarity of a significant role for uh, a player that will be left post-injury? And that's the key question um, on these depth charts to assess of if you, because if you don't have clarity, you could A, pick wrong. I mean, it better be high upside situation. You know, like 49ers might be ambiguous, but you go, oh, there's big potential here. So maybe you want to buy into the running back two or three. But uh, if you don't have clarity and it's low upside, you're like, what am I here for? <laughs> what am I spending this roster spot for this particular player? All right, let's go over to quarterback. And Katie, this is the Tom Brady is trash week. I think we yep. have it every year. This year, the rumblings have been a little louder. Uh, it was certainly a surprising game against Claire Carolina. Who knows how it works out if Mike Evans catches the long early touchdown? But I don't. I'll, I'll let I'll let you lead it. You know, you've been a Patriots fan. You've been a Tom Brady watcher for quite some time. Um, what is your feel for Brady himself, Tampa Bay situation, and you know all that goes into assessing him in Dynasty as we sit here midseason? Yeah, I mean, he's not the kind of guy 
at this point in Superflex as a super bridge, you could probably get him pretty cheap right now from somebody that isn't going to be making the playoffs if they own him. Uh, you you might even be able to get him for a late third, which in that case, I would do it because he's insurance. And if he doesn't snap out of it, you didn't lose a whole lot for it. Or, you know, I've seen some crazy trades with waiver wire bucks uh, recently. So, but I think he's going through a lot personally right now that is affecting him. He looks like he's frustrated. He's getting mad at himself. He's getting mad at others. And it just seems to be coming from things that are going on in his personal life that he's bringing onto the football field. So will he snap out of it? I really don't know. And how quickly will he? Is this his last year? Is he going to regret coming back? And if this is his last year, he probably will regret coming back. But from a fantasy perspective, I, I still think that if you can get him as a super bridge from somebody that if you are contending, he could be, you know, your third or fourth quarterback as an insurance policy going for the second half of the season and into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I wrote, uh, if you, if you want to hear more in depth, I think I recorded a 15 minute show on is Tom Brady done uh, for UTH. I, I mentioned him with a couple paragraphs in one of my football guys articles this week. So you can find that stuff uh, just to do a couple highlights of some things that I researched this, this week here on this show is when you doubt these guys and these guys in quotes are going to be the all timers. Uh, and for the last 20 years, those have been guys like Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. I will even include Matt Ryan. And you, uh, uh, did I say Ben Roethlisberger? I, I think I've included yes, five, six yes. guys. So yes. all these guys have had bumps. Sometimes it's a little earlier in the 30s. Sometimes it's later in the 30s. For Tom Brady, let's face it, he's playing in terms of physically. I don't see the erosion. I don't see the noodle arm. I don't see him not be able to move or get away from pressure or strip sacks like Matt Ryan. To me, he's moving like somebody in his mid to early 30s at the quarterback position. So all these, you know, between 32 and 35 down seasons for all the guys I just referenced, it was typically touchdown rate that why everyone assumed the sky is falling. They would have a season with touchdowns of like 20 to 25. 27, when they're used to being in the 30s and they go, that's it. They're done. They're over. And what happens when you bet against those guys in those seasons? They come back to rip you a new one. You sell low or you just neglect to buy and you miss out on multiple seasons. People assume they're going to retire. People assume they're going to be garbage for the next two to three years. And they sell, like you said, for waiver dollars, for late seconds, for thirds, and just give them away in premium formats. Take this guy because I don't want him to expire, erode, and retire on my roster. And almost every single one that I named bites them. They come back and have good years, A, the next year, B, for multiple years. And it makes it that, that you regret trading them, period. Point blank. And that's the end of the story. So with Brady... He has a 1% interception rate this year. That's the best of his career. He's avoiding turnovers. And the one thing is he's having his lowest touchdown rate. So if he threw that touchdown to, to Evans and one more last week, would we be having this conversation? That's how fine of a line we are. And they, and they beat Tampa and they scored 23 points. So that's the fine line we're talking about of having this window. And now, aren't they going to... No, that's Aaron Rodgers playing the... Uh, Aaron Rodgers has the Bills matchup this week that is really going to make it tough to bounce back. But for Tampa, I just you have these little windows. Like we said with uh, 
uh, George Kittle, right? I mean, until the moment he has a good game or a Kittle-like game, that's it. Window's gone. The moment uh, Kyle Pitts has a good game or a game that people think is requisite of his talent, boom, window's gone. So with Brady, it's probably going to go up half a round or a full round in rookie draft cost the moment he bounces back. So this is your window. This is your signal to go out there and sh- at least try. I have seen, uh, like you mentioned, I've seen him traded for thirds and fourths this week, but I've also seen him traded for the equivalency of a first. So it's going to vary wildly, but if you don't knock on the door, you don't know the price. So at least do that. And especially if the team is at the bottom of the standings, that is probably the biggest thing. If a Brady owner is in the middle of the standings or high in the standings, then the cost is going to be higher than if they're, uh, let's say, three and four, five and two or worse. And frankly, Brady hasn't been producing. So if they counted on him, they're probably three and four or worse. Probably. So please knock on the door because the high likelihood is, I mean, again, he's priced at a point that if he retires, you still played, paid requisite cost. And if he doesn't retire, it's going to be a money, money printing machine from this point through 2023. And who knows how long? Because he's not eroding. He is not eroding. And when he starts to, then we can start talking about trading him for thirds and we can start about doomsday scenarios. We're not there. Things are just not clicking. Someday it will. I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'm bullish on Tampa's offense. All right, Kat, Kathy. <laughs> last quarterback here, Katie, Matt Ryan being benched. I've learned more in the last 24 hours about this, but Sam Ellinger is going to start, apparently have a pretty big leash for now, uh, moving over Nick Foles. It's a team that could still be competitive in the Colts, but Matt Ryan being benched, obviously not looking good consistently this year. He had one decent game, maybe two decent games. The rest have been straight hot garbage. And I'm a Matt Ryan fan and defender over the years, but he just can't get out of the way of the rush. He can't stop fumbling. His ball security, uh, the balls are wobbling, the decisions are waning, and kind of makes Colts, I would guess, miss uh, Carson Wentz just a little bit because there's not a big difference here. But Dynasty, where do we sit with Matt Ryan? Is this the end? I think this is the end for him. Wow. Um, I really do. And I I hate to say it. I don't think it's just that month. Um, He has not looked good. I've got him on a few teams in Superflex, and I don't believe that I have started him in any of those. He's been a fail-safe. Yeah, he hasn't been an ideal plan. (laughs) Right. I mean, he was a bi-week filler if I needed him, and now he's he's not. Right. Um, And I like Sam Sam Ellinger. I don't know how much you saw him at Texas, but he's got moxie, and he's got a lot of good weapons around him. If he can play game manager. In the two preseasons, he's actually thrown, I think it was, is it close to 200 passes? 150, 200 passes in the preseason. I know five asterisks next to this next statement, but... You'd rather play well and or and or decently in the preseason than not. And he played decently, and he has the mobility, which should help fantasy wise. No matter what happens, passing wise, he's got a big leash here. Who knows if he starts the whole year? But I did see some stuff. You know that the reason the Colts are, as Pro Football Doc likes to say, hiding behind injury. That you know could he be back sooner? But they immediately declare this is for the rest of the season. Right. Matt Ryan has some guarantees and bonuses and all this kind of stuff that. If he doesn't pass a physical next offseason, they can't get out of that money. So they're going to save a decent amount by not playing him the rest of this year. So if Ellinger doesn't work out, assume Nick Foles, who's now the next man up, because Matt Ryan, I, I don't, 
it feels like this is the end when you watched how he played. This is kind of how guys go out. Remember Peyton Manning, where yep. he was just being dragged along through that Super Bowl. Um, you know, Brett Favre bounced back with the uh, with the Vikings and then had some horrible stuff going on late in his time with Minnesota. This feels more normal of a guy hanging on to the very bitter end. And I wouldn't be surprised if snaps are over. So that's, I mean, it's just tough. And, but Ellinger, like you just said, let's focus on the positive. Unknown. I actually think this could be good news for Jonathan Taylor in the run game. Because now you have a mobile quarterback threatening the backside, yep. some of these option plays. And if they run that a lot more, obviously it wouldn't be great news for Pittman and company in the passing game in general. But I don't know if Ryan was lifting the lid anyway. And one data point, um, I did. I had someone shopping Matt Ryan hard. I felt like I was the only one listening to them sending offers. And I got him for 20 waiver dollars. So yeah. I got Matt Ryan on the off chance he comes back this season or if he comes back next off season. But in Superflex, I will take that. But again, we're talking pennies, fractions, pesos yeah. uh, in terms of if you will take the roster spot is essentially what we're talking about here with Matt Ryan. So while I do think he's probably done, it might be worth again. Don't be surprised if you see him dropped potentially in a shallow super flex. And then you can assess it based on roster spot value as you see fit. All right, uh, Katie, we haven't we haven't talked since the Christian McCaffrey deal. Uh, since oh. we were not on the show last week. So he made his debut, saw about 10 touches or so. But what do you think about Carolina and the 49ers with that trade now being made? Any any big thoughts as we get we actually saw one data point with them? No, I just think it's funny that Carolina loses Robbie Anderson and then trades away Christian McCaffrey and then dynasty, right? Tampa. You trade stuff away and you start winning. And then Tampa Bay. Yeah. Then they beat yeah. Tampa Bay. That was ironic uh, and cold. But anyway, um, I'm not crazy about him being in San Francisco, but uh, I'm willing, you know, if they want to hopefully incorporate him, I think that he could help. This is all on Garoppolo, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Garoppolo but it, it, should it, be one of the be- the biggest uptick quarterbacks for from now to the end of the season based on those weapons. And it should take the pressure off Debo. Debo is already good. To not I play think, running back, right? You know, right. So now you've got a couple guys out of the backfield that can do a lot of, of things. And Ayuk is looking pretty good. So I think that it could, uh, you know, help lift all the offensive weapons there. And Garoppolo... While I don't think that he's anything great, I think he's good enough to spread the ball around and that dink and dunk tends to work well for him. Well, he just needs his problem is always thinking he can make the play. You know, yeah. the, extending the play, we saw that with a safety against the Chiefs. And then you see it with some interceptions of thinking he can uh, laser the ball in like Josh Allen. That's not him. See, if he can just take what the defense gives him, I think he's going to have a lot of yards a lot of offense, and they're going to have a lot of success in probably a mid to deeper playoff run this year if he just does that. Take the easy yards. Take the layups because McCaffrey's now going to give you a new option of layups in terms of dump-offs that turn into 15-yard gains. Uh, so please, I know I know Garoppolo, you listen. So please uh, <laughs> please heed, heed this advice and just take the layups. They're, they're going give to you, give you the, the seven yards and let all your pass catchers do the work. Um, I was going to ask quickly, because Deonta Foreman is going to be one that is probably highly traded this week. Either you believe that you know you ripped off a big run, uh, Carolina played well, Foreman could run with this job. So is he going to be one that if you have him, you're holding, you're playing keep away? 
is there a price point that you say, eh, I think the market could re- could return this and you got a shop to at least see? Yeah, I just lost my screen. Um, so as far as Foreman, I, I don't, I'm not a big believer and, and I'm not a big believer in the Panthers offense anyway. So I'd be selling for the best that I could get. So you would start obviously maybe what second straight up start, start at a second. And then if by the end of the week, you work your way down to something else, right. Or, or wide receiver, you know, yeah. Freeman, something, I doubt you'd get a first even with Devontae plus a second or anything like that, but you could try. Yeah. yeah um, I've seen stuff early this week, like for two thirds or a second is the highest I've really seen. Uh, you can maybe flip over to a wide receiver three type. You know, I think I think flipping to that, you know, if you need some more depth, maybe looking at a Brandon Cooks type or Tyler Lockett type at wide receiver, that may get you the value you're looking for without going directly after a pick that you view relatively equivalent. So that would be one other idea there. Uh, what do you think about final thoughts, Katie? Uh, anything else we did not cover for this week um, as we push towards second half of the season here? Just that it is the uh, halfway point for most leagues. I would recommend that you double check your IR, double check your taxi squad. You may find some players on your taxi squad that you forgot about that are actually doing well and can help you. You should know by now how it's looking as far as your playoff hopes and the waiver wire, you know, did you blow your money early in the season or do you still have some, uh, just try to make some trades, try to make some moves and make it happen. This is, this is the time to start making that decision. Am I playoff bound or am I headed towards the uh, toilet bowl and what's the format for waivers in the off season? Just start prepping your mind for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, really assess where you are. Because um, I, I recorded a, a UTH Patreon show on the last uh, day or two that goes over some uh, historical odds for if you're two and five versus one and six versus three and four. What does that look like? You know, or should you be in or out? And obviously, there's more nuance than strictly your record. But that's a starting point. And saying, you know, if you've got if you're three games back from four teams or five teams in your league and six make it, I mean, you're competing against a lot of guys and you've got to win a lot of games to even be competing for that one spot that might be available realistically in your playoff uh, playoff bracket there. So be really careful. And uh, just a shout out over here at UTH Best Ball Contest fueled by My Fantasy League. And we've got a new winner this week. Um, I love the name, Hip Hip Jorge, uh, which I think is for Jorge Posada. If I, I'm not a big baseball nut anymore, but I believe they used to do that for Jorge Posada. But congratulations, taking down uh, 257 on the week. Got Jamar Chase going off. Uh, that always helps fantasy teams. And he had that parody stacked it in the contest with Joe Burrow going off for almost 50 points. Hopefully he sees better games like we saw this week out of George Kittle. He paid up for him in the contest. He's got Wandell Robinson back and healthy. Chris Olave back from his concussion. So a lot of good things there. And he really hasn't used Kyle Pitts much. So he paid up for Kyle Pitts as well. If he gets going, Hip Hip Jorge is going to be a major player in this contest. He moves up into the top, uh, where is it? Maybe top 20, 25 by eyeballing it. Uh, So he really needed that top finish to now get in the running for the closing stretch here. And all of us, uh, all of us uh, notables, 
are uh, you know not even in the top ten. Jordan right now is the top one of us. I'm right behind him, and uh, you and Katie, uh, sorry, Katie and Tim are not too far behind. So all of us relevant. This is probably the the latest in a season. All four of us have been highly relevant in the contest, and hopefully it stays that way. So we have a new uh, number one overall seed and number one overall uh, team in the contest, which is Joe, Joe Baird. Uh, they're in the top spot, only point one ahead of uh, of Derek Richard. So tight, tight race, and give it another month or so, and we'll start to probably have it pare down in terms of who's a true contender here for the the stretch run of the contest. So thanks to all, to all the super fans for participating this year. And you can find Katie between episodes at ff underscore Skyler three ninety nine. Reminder about all the premium content. You've got a trade calculator. You've got the Film Notes podcast that comes out for Thursday night, Monday night, and the Sunday slate uh, first thing for you the next day. And uh, a bunch of content. I mentioned, is Tom Brady done? I do a deep dive into even more expansive than the content you heard. uh, Just a little blurb here on this show, as well as everything else. Things like the running back, quarterback, matrix, matrices available on the site. So you can always be tracking where those pickups are, where those stashes are for applicable formats. So for Katie, myself, Chad Parsons, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, keep building those statistics.